And welcome back to the First Cup Podcast with Kyle Porter. I'm Chip Patterson, that's Kyle Porter, and we are here on Sunday night. The Super Bowl is in the third quarter, and we are toasting. We've got pistols firing. we got our <laughs> blaze orange on, and Kyle Porter, who, by the way, is coming to us live from Orlando as he prepares for a week on Morning Drive on the Golf Channel. So check out uh, your favorite golf podcast host on television uh, all this week, Kyle Ricky, uh, there's like a thousand ways to unpack this, but um, just sort of like on the most surface basic level, what do you think this means for Ricky Fowler? I I mean, there's a thousand ways to unpack just that part of it, right? I I mean, I felt like Sunday was a microcosm of his entire career. A hundred percent. Like, I don't know how to feel. Like, should I be be excited that he won with a 74? Or should I, or should I look at it like, oh wow, this this should have gone a lot better. This should have been, there should have been more there. It should have been a lot prettier. I I don't know, I don't know how to feel about it. And so, you know, you get to the end and he has the trophy, and it just it it felt weird. Like it felt weird that he was the winner after what happened on eleven. But at the same time, it was almost like there was so much there with the bounce back like I, I just I can't imagine being in that situation making a triple should have made a quad and just bouncing back and just like hanging in and, and playing pretty good golf the rest of the way it, it was it was crazy to, to watch what unfolded at, at the Phoenix Open on Sunday I think we just saw the way that Ricky Fowler wins his first major <laughs> I wrote that I mean does does he have doesn't he have to like so he leads the PGA Tour in round one scoring average last year. Does he just have to go out and lead the PGA Tour in rounds one through three scoring average? Because it's just not. But see, here's the weird part, Chip, is you've had these rounds that he's played where you're like, wow, that was lights out. You look at the Players' Championship in 15. I think he had one at the Scottish Open when he won that. And then the Masters last year when he almost beat Patrick Reed at the end. So it's not like he can't do it on Sunday. But I do think that with the lead on Sunday, there's just, it, I don't know. It hasn't gone well. I mean, no. you, you saw the, you saw the tweet from, from Justin, Ray. His strokes gained when he's got a 54 hole lead on Sundays is atrocious. I mean, it is awful. I think he and also he, mentioned, uh, in Dubai, he'd had similar early setbacks in the final round and uh, the Houston open, I believe maybe was another one where he had had, no, it was, uh, it was Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I think it was at uh, I think the other one was Honda. Okay, that's it. Yeah, it, although he might have it might have happened at Houston too. But yeah, I mean it, it's so like he just he had some bad he had some really bad shots. There was so but, much but, bad golf everywhere though today because that was the other thing is like part of the. Uh, you know, when when we talk about Ricky Fowler's win on this podcast before, we've talked about it like, doesn't it feel like it's going to be one of those uh, major wins where it's just everyone else falls apart and Ricky just somehow holds it together? And it looked like a miserable day to play the game of golf. And that is not at all what we're used to at the Waste Management. It was very undesert-like conditions. And on 11, like right before that chip, is maybe the heaviest downpour of the entire day. And then, yeah. uh, you know, like, and should we, should we run through 11 first just to kind of set the stage? Because at the moment it was one of the most absurd things that I'd witnessed live in a golf tournament. 
I was watching it right before I took off for Orlando and like the feeds going in and out and it, it, I was just dying because I was, I mean, Chip, I think this was the best tournament I've seen in like six months. I would like, not, I would not. So six months gets us back to what? Uh, since PGA, I don't, I don't know. Definitely since PGA, the tour, I mean, tour, tour championship was a thing is a thing, but it wasn't as inter- like tour. The, the PGA championship was awesome because it had tiger, but it also had Brooks. Yeah. And I, and I think I, it like, it wasn't great golf, but it was great theater. It was great drama. I mean, it was, it was, I couldn't get enough. It was so compelling because you had so many different things going on. It's about as good as the PGA Tour gets without having great golf. Mm. Because the golf golf was bad. It was so bad. And then, so on 11, Ricky, I can't remember where he went off the tee, but he had his second shot, like, kind of flared out to the right a little bit. And and I thought uh, Paul Isinger did a good job of explaining this. His third shot, he essentially, like, it, like, hydroplaned on the green. Right. Which I, I know sounds crazy, but if you watched it, you're like, Oh wow, that's like that's like running and then jumping at the end. Like the, it, it was, it was bizarre. It hit standing water on the green and shot. Yeah, yeah, it did. And that that's kind of a crappy break because that's just that's so random and it's not going to happen. And but you do. I mean, if you're him, you gotta you gotta be aware of that, you know. And then it and then it almost trickles into the bunker. It like skirts the bunker, goes into the water, and then. I don't know. I never got an explanation, and he never really addressed why he didn't just re-hit that shot, but instead went over because that's what the announcers were saying. And and I don't know. He wasn't asked that in his post-game presser that I saw or heard. So he goes over to drop, drops it, goes up to check the green, and then it rolls in the water. And right. so you're like, well, how did that roll in the water? And my thinking is it was because it was raining hard. Like if water, I mean, it was so such a precarious position. If water hits it just right, then all of a sudden it, you know, it topples over and it's gone again. I mean, it was just... It was so slick over there on the bank by the water that it would not take much for the ball. But, like, he drops it. He goes to look at the green. Uh, It was as stunning of a turn because he was at the tee on 11 with a five-stroke lead. Yeah. And then he left with a one-stroke lead. Yeah. Because Brandon Grace birdied 12 ahead of him. My thinking is like what – I mean I can't imagine what's going through your head as as you – as Slugger White tells you that you have a one-stroke penalty – another stroke penalty. And you're like, well, I got to get up and down for seven. What's going through your head? I mean the the thing that I would think would be going through my head is what Jordan Spieth said at, at Augusta that year. Buddy, I think I think we're collapsing. Because that's what it, that's what it seemed like. And I mean I just – he he's and again like this is what the this is the part I don't know what to do with it because we disproportionately weigh final rounds heavier than almost the first three rounds combined. So when we look at somebody like Ricky, who clearly is not a great final round player or he hasn't been over the last fifteen months or so, you look at it and you're like, wow, this is this isn't great. But then what do you do with the first three rounds where he plays this elite? unbelievable golf that gets him into that position where he can make a seven and still go on to win. I think that's why it's so, that's part of the reason it's so hard to kind of figure Ricky out or, or, or or put him in a box because there's so few guys that are like that. There is not a better weekend 
for all of this to go down and for these to be the talking points than when Johnny Miller's stepping out of the broadcast booth. Oh, I know. About I, pressure. I, I mean, can, all about can pressure. If, can you imagine if he would have been there on Sunday? Well, he was already uh, off his rocker when Ricky when he was calling Ricky's players win. <laughs> Talking about the pressure at 17. Well, do you remember Honda? He was like... He he was he's he's been all over Ricky. Yes, he has points. big time. And like I get it, like <clears throat> I, I think that there's part of that that's fair. It's just I, I mean I, I was telling I was telling my wife over the weekend I was like I I don't know what to do with Fowler. Like I feel like everybody else you can kind of you know what to do with him. You know what they are, and he is such a he's such an anomaly because. And this has been my stance for years now. I think he's both overrated and underrated. Because, like, if, if you look at – there's a certain sect of people that think that he's won, like, 20 times. And they think that he's a lot better than he actually is. But then – and so he's overrated by that group. But then there's another group, I think, closer to the golf world that's like, man, Ricky never wins anything. And, you know, like, he, this is only his fifth win. Bryson's got as many wins as him. And, and you've got that whole crowd. But when you talk to play, he's a little bit like Kyrie Irving to me. All right. Mm, see, I was going to say that with Ricky Fowler, his popularity exceeds his potential and his potential exceeds his production. So the golf fans are very frustrated that the production has not met the potential and the just fans, the ones that are going to like Ricky because he's Ricky for all of the the reasons that are both tied to his personality, but also tied to his marketing and the way he's been positioned within the world of golf. Like they are going to see, uh, his popularity as like that. No, no. Why is he the best? I don't know. Because I like him because we say he's the best. And I I think that all, all of those three things, the fact that they're not in line is why there's some confusion with what to do with them. That's a good point. But I, I think that the golf fan overvalues winning, I think we I think we just look at winning and we're like that's it that's the only marker, and it's like well the guy's been like <clears throat> top fifteen in strokes gained for the last four years he's been top ten in the world for the last four or five years there there has to be some other thing that we that we measure guys by like y- you can't you can't look at somebody like it's almost like we would take a one time major like. It's almost like we would take Sean McKeel and be like, well, he's better than Ricky Fowler because he won a major. No, you know but we mean? wouldn't, though. We wouldn't. We wouldn't, but I, I, I just feel like I feel like winning is overvalued. We've talked about this a million times about Fowler. I, I, hey, how about this? Uh, Ricky Fowler is Andy Reid. <laughs> how, how so? Because no one's actually questioning Andy Reid. It's just that when it comes to picking playoff games – people will pick against Andy Reid because they'll be like, oh, well, you know, I mean, he's got all that losing, all those playoff losses on his record. But in terms of his total number of wins over a career, like he's in the top 10 all time. And, you know, yeah. Ricky Fowler, he doesn't, we're, we're talking about slightly different things than, than wins, obviously. But if, you know, if the playoff wins are the tournament wins, then regular season wins for an NFL coach would then be your quality of play, your scoring average, and your strokes gained. The, re- the reason I brought up Kyrie is because I think that I think Kyrie is somebody who, if you look at his marketability, you're like, wow, is he really does his does his Q score equal like how good he actually is? Because he is beloved, you know, and that and it's kind of the same thing for Fowler. But 
then you start looking closer and you start talking to guys that are like in the game. Oh no, Kyrie's like, amazing. And they're like, ah, yeah, Kyrie's amazing. Reef. And and people are like, yeah, like guys that play with him are like, Fowler's really good. Like he's a great ball striker. Just because, and I, I mean, obviously the difference is like Kyrie's won a title and hit the shot to win a title, and so like that's that's like my sort of hold up. But I don't know. I I think of Kyrie whenever I think about Ricky Fowler. That's that'd be a good name for uh, this episode. I think of Kyrie when I think about Ricky Fowler. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I mean, I, I because use that. I hey, use that tomorrow. Yeah, I might. Yeah, good. I don't. I don't know if it'll. I don't. I don't know how well Kyrie plays on the Golf Channel, but we'll see. I I think that makes you uh, more likely to be able to reach out outside of the golf bubble. <laughs> You're really trying to bridge gaps. Trying, trying to all, all we're trying to do is uh, engage the the largest audience possible. So why you know, not? The, the other the other part of this is like so much of winning is circ- is circumstances. It's so circumstantial. I know. And so I think that there's there's a world that exists in which Fowler gets like the the like he he receives this windfall of wins that maybe he shouldn't have have gotten at the end of his career instead of at the beginning. And, and because you you see guys like like maybe Brooks Koepka is done winning majors. Like maybe he just hit on like what he was going to hit on early. Because you can't you can, if you chip if you look at Ricky's numbers and Brooks Kepka's numbers, Ricky's are better. Like he just he puts up better numbers, and and so maybe maybe there's maybe there's a world in which Fowler wins three majors at the end of his career or, or eight more times at the end of his career. I don't know, but uh, he's not going to do it. He plays like he did on on Sunday, you know, with leads at at some of the upcoming events. Has anything about this event or performance changed any of your outlook for Ricky Fowler? Uh, I think it changes like the way I, I envision him winning golf tournaments How? because I, I, well, I always had the players stuck in my head like, Oh, Ricky can shoot like a 63 at the end. And, and I just, I think that's one way he can win. I just chip. I don't know if he's ever going to win a tournament in which he's leading by one going into the final round. Mm. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think he either needs to be down by like four or up by four or five. Like, and, and I, I don't know if Phoenix, I don't know if this week solidified that for me, but I do think it sort of added to uh, that, that notion of like how he wins events. Other thoughts from the waste management and... Should Sergio be banned from golf forever? We'll get into that (laughs) right after this. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance 
against Jogger because I, I like the Jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, they've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as, as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there. And I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for four our listeners. Uh, first time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Okay, um, so number one, uh, our beloved boy Hideki did not have the, uh, not have a fan, not a bad week, but not a fantastic week. Yeah, he was, uh, I mean, it's, we got to grade it on a curve, right? It's, no. it's, uh, oh, it was, it's like, it, it, I was going to say it's like Nadal at the French Open. Right. If, if Nadal gets to the semis at the French Open, you're like, okay, I mean, why didn't you, why didn't you win it? Right, right, you know? right, right, right. And, and that's sort of how I view Hideki at, at, uh, at Phoenix. But yeah, I mean, he played fine. Uh, I, I thought, there were some really interesting names. I, I was kind of disappointed by JT on the weekend. He putted so poorly on the weekend. I thought he had a, I thought he had a real opportunity. He, he was somebody who, when Fowler kind of opened the door, that you're kind of like, okay, who's going to walk through? Where's JT? Oh, JT's get three over today? Oh, that's not good. Um, Dude, JT's biggest role in this tournament was probably to be there for Ricky Fowler. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a bad way. And I bet that Justin Thomas would even say that, or they might even be able to laugh about this later. But I thought that when Ricky was falling apart, I said, there is, there are very few players that I could imagine that would be a better group to be with for this moment than Justin Thomas and Matt Kuchar. Well, it, it was, yeah, no, that's a good point. And, and Ricky was, was walking with JT. He was talking to him on the green. Like they, like that, the the as much as his caddy, Ricky was talking to Justin all during the most pivotal moments of this round, and so uh, did you did you see the uh, the fist bump on seventeen after he made the birdie? Yes, that was that was pretty cool. I I also thought the split screen that they had with Grace on eighteen and Fowler on seventeen because they putted or I think uh, Grace chipped, but they went at exactly the same time, and Fowler made and Grace missed. And it was like it was this really because you you rarely see a split screen in which guys are playing at the like the two guys that the tournament's coming down to are playing at exactly the same time. I thought that was a really kind of cool moment because that was like that was the tournament ending. Of course, then Fowler hits it in the 
church view bunkers on 18 you're like well okay maybe i had to tweet the vince carter gif like seven times on sunday i can't believe and i can't believe that you tweeted it right before 11 too because what fowler just made birdie on 10 to go up up five five. yeah he's up five with seven left i mean you and i wouldn't blow that i don't know i've been I, like, I might. Yeah, I might. You, you wouldn't, but I might. I, I, you, you've got a way better chance of of me catching a heater from like the sixth through the twelfth or thirteenth, and then my short attention span, which I attribute to more than a decade of blogging online, <laughs> really comes to bite me in the ass as my mind drifts away from, uh, from the from the shot at hand to what my score might be at the end, and then I normally fall apart sixteen through eighteen. I mean, I just I just think you give a top ten player in the world five strokes with seven to go, and they're going to win. I mean, but you didn't nine. know that the ball was going to go in the water twice. I know. Oh, it was uh, it was so bad. But um, no, what I was going to say was he said he said that Scovron told him on I think fifteen. Hey, if at the beginning of the week somebody would give you this scenario where you're tied with three, or I guess there was four holes left, uh, you would have taken it. And it's so, like, that's true, and that's a reality, and that's helpful. It's so hard to get yourself, and I, I don't know how these guys do this, but to get yourself out of what has happened over the last hour and into that reality and, and to go out and win it. And I was really, I, I mean, as much as like 11 was not good and as poorly as he hit the ball all day, I really was impressed by the way he kind of closed it out at the end because it, it could have, I, I just think that if the, if that's a rookie out there, if that's somebody who doesn't have the experience, if it's somebody who hasn't, you know, competed in a ton of events, like they, they might just shoot like a 43 on the back nine. Um. Let's see. So nobody on the day was better than three under. Uh, your boy Shea Reve was one of those. Xander goes three under. Um, Tyrell Hatton. We got a late charge from Bubba Watson. Were you watching this stream when Bubba's ball hit the? Yes. Okay. It hit the. Yeah. It hit the back wall. Shot over the water. Then landed on the. Uh, cart path and then dribbled all the way down the cart. I mean, it was for somebody who plays with a putt putt ball. It was perfect for a putt putt course. Yeah, it was like a. It was like a. The shot lasted like thirty seconds. Right. It was incredible. But can we Bubba, talk about Matthew. Wolf? Can we talk about Matthew Wolf? Yeah, we can talk about Matthew Wolf. He was he was a good early star in this uh, in this weekend. Yeah, finished t fifty. He's nineteen. First PGA Tour event. Uh, he's going to be, he's going to be a superstar chip. He's going to be, I mean, he, he outdrove, uh, cam cam champ on like the first couple days. His week average was three twenty five. He's a freak. He's, <laughs> he's unbelievable. Driving distances, three twenty eight, three thirty four, three thirty five, three Oh three. Yeah. Three Oh three in the rain on Sunday. Yeah. He's, he's so good. The waste management Oklahoma State Open. There were eight guys in the field from OSU. Mm. There's only 130 guys in the entire field. I mean, I did see, are, are you done? Did you see a, <laughs> do, do, do you follow uh, Kyle Robbins? Um, I do actually. He was he was talking about how Oklahoma State golfers are like Alabama running backs, where like uh, 
no, like Trent Richardson, Eddie Lacy, like the whole the whole run of like, yeah, yeah, they're good, sure. Yeah, but then they get to the pros, and you're like, nah, okay, should shouldn't you be better? Like, shouldn't you shouldn't you be producing more? So I'm not here for that slander, but it was an interesting take. Um, so good Bubba round, not good Bubba round, good Bubba tournament. Yeah, good Bubba tournament. Um, anybody else from the the top of the leaderboard stand out? No, uh, Phil missed the cut. Shot a 75 on Friday. Uh, so he goes near from nearly winning the Desert Classic to missing the cut at the Phoenix Open. I feel like that's how his year is going to go. That's how the next five years are going to go. Yeah, that's probably and pretty true. I think the the gap is just going to get wider and wider for him. Uh, but yeah, that that was all. But I mean, Ricky's the story. I, I just I don't know. There's so many different. I I don't know how I'm gonna contain myself on on morning drive on Monday. I mean, there's just so many different directions to go. They're gonna they're gonna like take me in handcuffs off the set because I won't shut up. It's it's pretty crazy. I'm setting my DVR right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna wear a Barry, I'm gonna wear a Barry Sanders jersey. Um, all right. It will come up on morning drive, so we've at least got to get a, a, a like a preview. What do we? So Sergio Garcia is disqualified from the European mm. Tour event in Saudi Arabia, an event that uh, already comes with some uh, comments and controversy. And I, Sergio Garcia, is disqualified for damaging greens. Correct. Yeah, five of them. Five of them. Five greens. I mean, here's the thing. He if you if you like hit a green after you make a double or whatever, okay. You you wash your mind, you wash your temper. It happens. I think everybody, I mean, you and I probably empathize with that. Like it it, it happens. It's not good, right. but it happens. But when you do it five times over the course of a round, that's that's weird. That's like you want to get kicked out of the tournament or you're trying. I mean, I, I don't understand. So the part of this that I was having trouble with is that there's not a, they said there wasn't a lot of reporting about his misconduct during the championship. What do you mean? Like there, like the, the Scott, uh, how Tong Lee had like a, a 62, on the day that Sergio was alleged to have, have acted up to the point of being disqualified, which I think was the third round. And so the, um, the coverage, the sky sports coverage didn't really make Sergio's misconduct, uh, a, a major focus. So I have not, at least to this point, and I haven't gone back to, to dig through it, but I haven't seen what he's done to damage all of these screens yet. Yeah. I haven't seen video yet either, which is, it's weird that video doesn't exist. Uh, did you see who one of the uh, the uh, one of the people that turned him in was Patrick Reed playing in the group oh, behind yeah. him? Yeah, oh, I know. Yeah. I can't make this up. This is incredible. Masters champ on Masters champ crime. Patrick Reed, by the way, honorary uh, European Tour uh, life member. I know. Alongside uh, <laughs> the the Mount Rushmore of American golfers, Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer, Tom Watson, and Patrick Reed. And when I think about uh, just real world embracing a world culture <laughs> and a global citizen, I think about Patrick Reed. 
Uh, but I mean, like, what do we do with this Sergio information? Because the hottest take has already been thrown out there. The idea that he should receive a year long ban. Um, I'm not there yet, but I'm also not as intimately familiar with uh, Sergio's past history of misconduct. And so therefore I don't have uh, enough ammunition in my tank to build up the finger wagging to the point of telling him he can't play at this playground anymore. Well, thankfully, uh, golf tours and leagues have a, a, a storied history of treating everyone the same and fairly and not playing favorites with their stars and superstars. Mm, that doesn't sound like a bit of uh, tone in your voice <laughs> and then something else. I mean, it's it's literally written into the, into the way at least the PGA Tour is structured, where you don't have to report why guys were suspended. I mean, it, it's very much... We talk about we talk about it with the NBA, like protecting protecting the assets, protecting the superstars and the stars, because those are the guys that are the engine for your league. And the same is true in golf. I, I just there's no there's a, no chance that he's gonna receive any kind of long term suspension or, or you know, punishment just because of how valuable he is to to the European tour. Because he plays there a lot, he draws crowds. I mean it's just it's just not gonna happen. So what do we make of it? Like, what do we do with it? Do we just scream and yell or is this just added to the, does, does this receive the same, uh, like yelling and fist shaking and finger wagging, but ultimately no consequence as like his fried chicken comment at Augusta. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think, I think so. And, and, because nothing ever he, came of that. I mean, he was like, oh, sorry, I was an asshole. And everyone was like, yeah, you were an asshole. And then time passed, and he won a Masters, and now all of a sudden that doesn't really get talked about as much. Yeah. But, like, who's the – like, like what is the – I don't know. It's hard because there's no like, – I mean, we talk about this all the time. There's no, like, unified governing body of golf. And so the European Tour is – has a vested interest in keeping Sergio Garcia eligible, so to speak. Um, was to, it political? Was he trying to be political or was he just being a jerk who was frustrated with the greens? I don't know. Like if you're going to destroy greens, do you really want to like destroy the greens in King Ag- Abdullah economic city, Saudi Arabia? Is that like, are you going to Saudi Arabia being like, I'm going to, I'm going to tear some stuff up. Let's do this. Like that's, <laughs> That's not where you would do it, right? You no. do it in like Morocco or something. No. Awesome. You do it in Phoenix. If you want <laughs> to go tear stuff up, you go to the Waste Management Open at the stadium course and you go do it there because at the same championship where we had a streaker on Thursday, you might be able to be okay with that. That's part of the tournament. <laughs> they just have like a section of greens where you can just tear stuff up absolutely yeah when you're when, <laughs> when you're mad you go over to uh the land shark tent and you just get to tear up greens i mean i just do you do you can you fathom five different greens so like may, like maybe two but also like why is there no evidence like why haven't i seen any photos why haven't i seen any video but 
I, I mean, he didn't deny it. He certainly he, he said something like, "I've I've told my fellow colleagues this will never happen again." Well, yeah, I, I would hope so. I mean, it's pretty bizarre, uh, but I don't know. It's it's strange that there's been no evidence, right? Which is which is why I'm like, which is why from the jump I was not ready to do any of my own like indignant. Uh, you know, ang- I, I I have no anger for this because when I went to go chase the story, I mostly found tweets and statements and very little uh, in terms of video or photos. Yeah. Like when we're talking about five greens, I could see it being like, okay, Patrick, so uh, so what what all was it again? And Patrick Reed is like, well, it was um, the scuffs with his shoes on five. It was the putter pat on seven. It was him uh, taking the, the flag stick and dragging it along the green on nine. Like that's, like, I, I think yep. we can get to five greens with very minor infractions just based on the fact that there were probably a few times where he did act out of line. You got to stand up for your fellow European Tour life member, honorary life member. Oh no 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 yeah, because Patrick Reed is definitely the uh, the banner poster child for loyalty and standing by someone. Jack Nicholas beat Patrick Reed as an honorary European Tour life member by four years, five years. He was he was given life membership in 2014. Patrick Reed was given membership in 2019. Well, how does Tiger Woods not have honorary membership? You know how many you know how many tournament, tournaments Patrick Reed has played that were European Tour only. So you've got these tournaments that are like crossovers where they're where they're uh, they're WGCs and majors, and they count for PGA Tour and European Tour. So non WGCs and majors, he's played like twenty two, mm. ever. That's like a season. Mm. That's like a that's like a short season for Patrick Reed. How is he a life member? What the hell? How does that how does that happen? I'm more incensed by that than I am the Sergio thing. I don't see for you to what you don't realize is that Patrick Reed specifically follows all of the details to get all of his credit card reward points. <laughs> he only goes to the restaurants that get him the credit card reward points. He, he reads all of the fine print and figures out exactly what he needs to do to get the European tour life membership. How many of those uh, Billy McFarlane credit cards did he have, the, the metal ones? The Magnesis? Yeah, the Magnesis. Which isn't, by the way, at all named after magnesium. <laughs> he he probably had like three or four of them, at least. One for every family member. I mean, he's it like, like, it really feels like he probably went to someone and asked, like, what do I need to get this uh, European Tour Life membership? And what he found out was that it was very, very easy to get. It's just not many people <laughs> had filled out the applications. I think that's what it is. Uh, what, what we don't realize is that a lifetime membership to the European Tour is very easy to get if you are a major champion. Like, if you are... Uh, a major champion it's probably not that hard to get but no one has actually taken the time to fill out all the forms <laughs> by the way dj won the saudi international yeah it, it was like the seventh most interesting thing to come out of that tournament mm. i saw bryson's interview on sunday he was bemoaning his he couldn't figure out the air density and saw it by the red sea no just, chance did he was he what, really 
Well, he said he couldn't figure out the why his wedges were flying too far. So oh, so but he didn't was, he didn't name check Red Sea. No, but okay. it, it was certainly implied. <laughs> it was. I mean, he's not he's not above that. By the way, how's the Super Bowl three to three with twelve minutes left? This uh, is like this. This is like Sunday at the Phoenix Open compared to Thursday through Saturday. I mean, I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Big Ten football, baby. Let's go. Um, hey, Kyle, tear it up tomorrow. Thank you, Chip. I appreciate it. I'm excited. I'm a little nervous, but uh, I've only heard great things about that crew and the producers, so it should be a fun week. So it's uh, Monday through Friday? Monday through Friday. So we're, we're uh, 7 to 9 Monday through Wednesday, and then... I think it's 10 to 12 Eastern on Thursday and Friday. Wow. Uh, are we going to be able to get up midweek? Uh, for a podcast? Yeah. We got Jordan Spieth coming. Oh. We'll get up for a little intro, right? Yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll hop on. We'll do a little pebble. And then we'll, we'll, do, we'll go to my uh, – I did like 15 minutes with Spieth recently. So we'll, we'll throw it to that. Cool. Sounds good. He is Kyle Porter. You can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Kyle, thank you very much. Thanks, Chip.